Welcome to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life. My name is Coach JC, and I am your coach. Each week, we bring you an inspiring, winning story, an empowering, motivating, winning word so that you can be your best and win more in life. Thank you for joining us today, and now it's time for you to be fit for duty and fit for life. All right, what's going on? This is Coach JC, and you are listening to the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. And I want to first of all welcome you to FFRonline.tv and the home of Fit First Responders. The chances are that if you're listening, then it makes you one of the finest, the bravest, the baddest, the toughest heroes out on our streets every single day. So before we even kick this podcast off from FFR and the family out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we want to say thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your service to our great country. Man, if you are a frequent listener, before we get into our topic today, and we're going to get real, we're going to get raw, we're going to be talking about overcoming obstacles and the topic of divorce, separation, how do you overcome when life hits? But before we do go there, if you're a frequent listener, then you know that FFRonline.tv, that we believe just like you train your body, you can train your mind. And we kick every podcast off with our winning confession. If it's your first time, feel free to repeat after me. Man, if you're a frequent listener, you know what you got to do. Time to own it, baby. Here is your FFR winning confession. Today is my day. No one will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am powerful. I am unstoppable. I am a winner. I am fearless. I choose faith. Last but not least, you are fit for duty, and you are fit for life. All right, all right, all right. Once again, I want to welcome you to the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. Man, I got the man, the myth, the legend in the house right here. Man, before he even opens his voice, he's got the sexiest voice out there in the firefighter (laughs) industry, and he's got the prettiest face for radio all day, baby. Man, we're out of blessing privilege, man. We're in the studio today out in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the headquarters, and I am joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tisdale. Tisdale, how you doing, boss? I'm doing great. Great, man. Thanks for having me. Man, what do you like to be called, man? I heard you called many of things out there. What do you like to be? What do you like to go by? Tiz. That's what I hear you call hey, by. Yeah. Tiz. 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 The season. Tis, Tis the jolly. season. Tis to be jolly. In all July. Day, this is Christmas in July. Hey, it's coming, all day, baby. Every day. That's what we do. All day. Is Tiz your rapper name? No, Tiz is just my name. Man. I ain't rapping. <laughs> Can you freestyle though? No, I'm not giving you nothing. <laughs> He's not giving you all day. No, we gotta, you got to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay for that. That's ten dollars a minute. Come on, man. Hey, we're out, we're out here with Tiz, man. This is this is Rodney Tisdale. Man, we're super honored. We are blessed. We are privileged. He serves as a firefighter out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Man, he does a lot of cool things out here. He's also a coach. He's part of a, a heritage, a, a family out here that's made an impact and a lasting impact, a long-lasting impact in the city of Tulsa. Man, he's got an amazing calling on his life. He is passionate. Man, he is here on purpose, and we're super excited. Tiz, what's going on, my man? Welcome to the FFR Online.TV Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast, my man. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Everything's going on in life. Life is beautiful. Life is great. We fit for duty. We fit for life. 
and winning all day is what we're about <laughs> nowadays. Baby. Come on, baby. Joke, winning right? all day. I'm just here to have a good time and enjoy. I'm here for you and everybody else. Man, I'm shocked this guy's here with his uniform on, a jersey on, a shirt on. Usually around a, a facility, man, he's got he's shirtless. He's got his shirt off flexing all yeah, day. I'm looking cute today, man. man <laughs> you are looking pretty. Hey, this guy made an amazing transformation in our last Class 1703 challenge. We have a 25-week challenge where we go into cities, man, and we give away a truck. We team up with a partner, and we, we just want to motivate and inspire first responders in that city to do their part, to be fit for duty and fit for life, to make that transformation physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and this guy I'm looking at, man, I'm honored and privileged to, to just be a part of his life as a coach, as a mentor, yeah. as a friend, yeah. and, and just on his team. Now, watch what he's done over the last 25 weeks has been absolutely, uh, it's been amazing and outstanding, but one of the things I love the most about what you did before we get into this podcast is I watched how not only did you win, but you took and pulled so many first responders along the way yeah. with you and helped others win, and we're going to get into that, Rob. I mean, Tisdale. But before we do, Tiz, I want to give you this opportunity, my man, to introduce yourself. Who are you? The listeners that are listening right now, the police, the fire, the medics, the National Guard that are listening right now from now over 40, uh, I think it's 54 different agencies throughout our nation. Man, who are you? How did you become Rodney Tisdale, the firefighter? Talk to us. Well, uh, like you said, I'm Rodney Tisdale. I'm actually known as Officer Tisdale now, Ooh. public education officer for the Tulsa Fire Department. Come on, baby. Yeah, man. I've been on the job now for a little over 11, coming up on 12 years here in October. And my journey to being a firefighter has been uh, short, sweet, long, hard, all the above. You name it, it was, it's been there. And um, I started out growing up here in, well, actually in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, where I'm originally from. Really? And then migrated here when my mother and father uh, decided to get the, back together. And uh, we ended up here in, 80, in the 80s or so, coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Basketball player, just like the family, Wayman Tisdale and all the Tisdales. Um, so I moved here and migrated uh, our family here. And then after that, I left, went off to play college ball, went off to play semi-pro basketball, did all that good stuff, come back, get married, end up having children, couldn't leave Tulsa. <laughs> so been here on that journey, started trying to do all kinds of things before that. I remember even police and firemen actually being very influential in my life growing up. Um, I had a firefighter who actually was a recruiter at the time, came to our family dinners that we would have every Sunday to tell me about the fire department. And I thought it was a bunch of crap. I'm like, man, miss me with that. I'm doing well. Y'all don't make enough money, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I didn't care, you know. And then I started realizing what they did in the community and what they do, uh, do for people. And it was more of a prestigious job than anything. And so after so many, about three, three attempts, I ended up becoming a firefighter. And here I am. And now after 11 and a half years, promoting to a public education office, getting back into the community relations type of stuff that I love to do so we can make a difference in the community and really help people and uh, change people on the forefront versus just being a firefighter on the back end. Because what we do on the back end is exceptional, it's great. But if I can help at all at the front and do anything to help change someone's life to make their life safer, even better. 
Well, yeah, my man, first of all, thank you for your service, man. We honor you as one of our heroes out there on the streets. And so born and raised in Texas, ended up in Oklahoma. I'm born and raised in Jersey. I heard it said <laughs> that everything's bigger in, in, in Texas. Is oh, that it true? Is. Yo, it is. It is. Yeah, so who do you root for, OU or the Longhorns? Actually, I root for OU. It's Tisdale, Tisdale Heritage. <laughs> Come on, got, baby. Hey, hey, you got to look who takes care of you. OU takes care of the family. How so about that, man? I never even knew that you were born in Texas. Yeah. Right. So before we get into uh, digging deep today, man, mm -hmm. I want to talk about what you just mentioned in your intro about community relations. Yes. Because, you know, uh, you're an African-American. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting across from you right now. I'm a black man. You're a black man, but you walk in a tremendous amount of love, and we got a tremendous problem in our nation. Mm -hmm. And I've seen you just kind of ignore certain situations and keep being true to who you are. Correct. And I've watched you, and I've admired it uh, as, as, as you, you, you could have allowed situations to get mm -hmm get under your skin and change who you are. So before we do dig deep into our topic, just hit them with a, a bunch of wisdom for the next two minutes on, on uh, we got issues going on in our nation yeah. right now, yeah, man. We do. Everybody, everywhere you turn, people want to paint black and white. And yeah. man, I, I, I didn't grow up like that, Tiz. Yeah. And I grew up not seeing color, man. Yeah. And, and some people are like, well, Coach JC, you're ignorant to it, man. And we got a problem. I'm like, I, I just didn't see it. I grew mm -hmm. up with Mexican, with white, with black. I love everybody. Right, right. And I'll continue to walk in love. Right. But I just want you to spit some wisdom for the for the first responders listening and also for the general population mm -hmm. listening. What are you doing to bridge that gap when it comes to community relations right now? Right now, that was a big ordeal for me. Um, a lot of people keep coming my way. I don't know why this has fallen on my shoulders. That's a beautiful burden to have, I guess, um, that everyone feel like they can relate to me, to come to me and talk to me about different situations. Um, even the last situation, you know, we know about the Terrence Crutcher and Chevy Bailey deal. Um, know both of them is a, you know, sad situation for the community in itself. Went to school with the Crutcher family, um, worked out with Bailey up here with you. And uh, so it's a sad situation. But the thing is, I'm trying to get our community just in general to start understanding, even as a black male, yes, I've, I've experienced some injustice. Uh, uh, but that doesn't make police officers all bad or thing of that nature. That's just like saying, I look at you and say, oh, you did something bad, and well, I'm going to blame the rest of your uh, entire ethnicity, your race. That Italiano, that, baby. Italianos. I'm going to tell you, all Italians are terrible. No, it's not, not the case, man. doesn't happen. So the thing is, but you have to be smart, and you have to respect one another. It's hard to say for our community, it's hard to call somebody a hero um, if they're not saving a life, you know, if a life is taken, not in the account of taking, you know, to help save a life, you know, just different things. So, but yet still, you are still heroes in what we do as police officers and fires because we risk our lives every day, you know, but at the same time, that doesn't mean we're not human, don't make mistakes. And even when you relate to the community, trying to get the community to understand that it's not all about someone doing you wrong. It's like also, what are you putting yourself in? What position are you putting yourself in? I teach my boys every day. At the end of the day, you are a black male. Yes, this is true. You may go out there and you may be labeled, but it's all about what you do and, and how you conduct yourself and, and not putting yourself in certain situations. If I don't want to be in a certain situation, I'm not going to be speeding or driving what we call dirty with drugs on me or guns that I'm not supposed to have. I'm not going to put myself in a certain situation where I'm not able to um, be coherent to deal with uh, the law officers or what have you, or put them in a situation where what they say comply. It's hard to comply sometimes when even when you're thinking you're complying. 
and what people call complying in different situations for everybody is different you know so it's just a matter of um, trying to figure out a way to bridge this gap to let everybody know that I love the police department the fire department supports and stands for the police department even the last little situation with just removing this uh, um, certain signs the blue stripe off of the fire truck was not to say not, we didn't support the fire department, but it was also to show that, hey, we're trying to be neutral to so we can show the, uni the unity, even in our community, that we support them and that we're not just standing this way. We're trying to all stand together. And we came out with a new uh, emblem to put on the truck to support all, you know, from police, military, 911, and veterans. So just trying to do different things now in our community so we can educate our children on how to be better citizens. And then also trying to do things on our departments to educate even the guys on the department to be better um, individuals on the department. Because you have to realize, even in our departments, when you go home, you deal with what you have to deal with. You may not have to deal with other ethnicities. But when you come on this job, you do. And a lot of times for some people, it's the first time that they ever deal with anybody else outside of their norm is when they come on a job. And they only go by maybe a stereotype or something they've had via television or what have you. So it's just all those types of things, trying to educate everyone, people just opening their hearts and their minds and sitting down and having conversation and being respectful of it and trying to understand all sides of it. There's no right or wrong to, uh, on everybody's, uh, everybody thinks everything's right and wrong or black and white. And it's not always the case. Sometimes it's just sitting down and listening to see what's going on and showing love and showing God's love and really understanding. Man, that's powerful, brother. Man, I respect you. I honor you. And I think the biggest thing I want to take away from that, if first responders are listening right now, it's so easy to get bitter. Mm -hmm. And we always, I, I always use a saying, man, you can get bitter or you could get bit, bit, better, better yeah. right? You could play victim when things are done wrong yeah. to you, when you feel things are done wrong to mm -hmm. you, instead of taking responsibility and say, you know, how am I going to start to walk in victory yeah. instead of play victim? How am I going to change the yeah, situation? Change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I could promise you mm -hmm. that me and you, if we sat here for an hour right now, we're going to have differences. Oh, yeah. We're not going to agree on everything yeah but the thing that you said that's powerful as a first responder listening right now man these first responders just like you and i want to challenge you right now if you're listening as the finest and the bravest out there your job is bigger than just fighting a fire yeah. your job is bigger than making an arrest yeah. your job is bigger than dishing out an iv your job is bigger than what you think right now as a first responder and i think what tisdale said Tis, we need we, we we need to start sharing that love, man, and know that we could have indifferences, mm -hmm. but we could still uh, uh, walk away knowing that, man, I'm gonna continue walking love. I'm gonna show unconditional love. I don't, I'm gonna accept the human being as a human being. Mm -hmm. I might not condone their behavior, right? But I'm gonna continue to know that as a first responder, I believe that if enough first responders stepped up to the plate, that we could change the game. That first yes. responders could be the standard and the difference maker in every community if we stop shying away and started just raising the standard and say, you know, it's going to start with police, it's going to start with fire, and we're going to raise up. Yeah, you see it. You're giving me chill bumps. You see these chill bumps. Well, I, believe, I believe it's starting with you, yeah. my man. And do you realize what you just said is very important because when we do that with the children in the community, it changes everything because these children look up at us. They look. I, I was at a presentation today, and it was beautiful to hear at a uh, how many black children want to be police officers. Regardless of what the negativity has been out here, what they may think or how they're viewed, people still love police. People still love fire. We, when we're in trouble or something's wrong, who are you going to call? You call police. I'm Ghostbusters. Not, I'm not calling Ghostbusters, man. I don't even know them guys, man. Half them guys can't even walk anymore. <laughs> so I'm calling the police. 
And you know, yeah. so the police, we call the police, and that's the thing. Look, and I said police, but we call the police. <laughs> the popo. Yeah, the popo. You know, because the thing is, is they still look at you, but the thing is, we have to make a difference in getting out in our community, and let them see in our faces, and knowing who these children are, man. Because if you know that child, and that child knows you, I guarantee you, when you say, hey, man, what are you doing? He's gonna stop. He's gonna do something totally different. Because that's how it was when we grew up. We yeah. knew all the officers in our area. Yeah. So when Officer Derek said, Tears, you better chill out, we stopped yep. immediately. Well, so, you know what's funny, man? I, I've talked to some police officers, you know, as, as situations have escalated. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I think some police officers and firefighters and, and first responders in, 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 general, all, in yeah. general believe that, you know, uh, parenting obviously is broken. It's you gone. Know, it has nothing yeah. to do with race. Parenting's broken in all, in our nation, man. It starts in the household, right? You know, you know what? And I, I got to touch the base on this. I just sat here and had a conversation. Um, we were talking about. At uh, safe, we have to think with safe kids, where we sit down and speak with uh, the organization. What well, we realize, think about this: DHS has raised a lot of these kids. The system has raised a lot of these kids. You have a lot of fourth, third, and fourth generation uh, DHS raised parenting going on. They never learned how to be a parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. don't even know how to be a parent. Absolutely. So what they think is normal teaching their kid is not normal. They think it's okay to hear a 19-year-old child think, well, they were just crying, so I put them in the trunk of the car. No, but that's yeah. what was done to them. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, man. Well, you know, and, and, and here, here's the challenge as a first responder out there. My challenge is this, Tiz, is, you know, your mission and your vision is bigger than just the job. Yes, it is. You know, don't, if, we, if we could show up like you and show out rather than saying, hey, I'm going to show up and, and, and do the job as a firefighter, but I'm on a mission yeah. to fulfill a vision, and that's to make long-lasting changes yeah. in a community. Yeah. And you know what? If that's you playing dad yeah. for an hour with a kid, if that's you playing mentor, role minutes. model, whatever it is yeah. so be it and i feel like so many first responders shy away from that because they throw the responsibility back and say well that's the parents job man I, it who takes cares? a village it takes a village we're all on the same team my <laughs> it takes man a village to raise a child. we're all on the same <laughs> team well we could talk about this topic yeah. all day yeah. but if you're listening man we we want you to take away from this right now that if you're a first responder out there listening that your 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 mission is way bigger than just a job. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. You weren't called just to do a job. Yeah. You're called to change a city, and we need you. Whatever that job is that you do, when you show up, show up on purpose. Yeah. Show up with a purpose. Yeah. When you arrest somebody, man, know that that guy, that gal, that criminal is in your possession for a reason. When you're at a fire, know that that person you're interacting with, you've crossed yeah. paths with for a reason. And every single day you lay your head on the pillow as a first responder, know that you made a difference, yeah. man. Walk in love, man. Live to give, man. I yeah. promise you if we all have that mentality we'll create change hey man, yeah. tis man we're gonna get into this topic because we can stay there all day yeah, long but i want to i want to get a little hot and heavy right now because i think one of the things that attracted me to you and, and you and me kind of clicked is when i came out here in 1999 to play ball at Oral roberts university i made one decision that radically changed my life make a long story short for the listeners it ended up me with a daughter on the way me ended up getting married and me ended up going at 21 through a divorce man divorce is yeah. Uh, running rampant in the life of first responders. I just talked to the uh, uh, somebody from the Dallas Police Department, and they told me down there that 70%, you being a Texas boy, 70% of the police officers down there, their marriage will end in divorce. Man, yeah. I went through a divorce. You went through a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of first responders right now that have gone through a divorce. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about divorce and, yeah. and how to cope and how to deal yeah. and how to overcome the, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the stresses that come with it. 
But before we do go there, man, if you're listening right now, I think we've adopted in the police and fire world that divorce is a norm. Yeah. And somebody was joking the other day. They're like, man, what, mar- what marriage is that guy on? And, and I didn't take it as a joke. It was a firefighter. And I was like, yeah. that's not even funny. That's what they do. Why is that normal? That's, Why that's is that sad. normal in the that's industry sad, that you expect a firefighter to get divorced? Why is it normal that you expect you know, a police officer to get divorced. And if you're listening right now, man, you might be struggling at the household. You might be contemplating divorce. You might be separated. Yeah. You might have gone through a divorce. I don't know where you're at right now, but we're going to spit some knowledge right now that we're to let you through. know, to let you know that this divorce does not define you. Where you're at in life does not define your past mistakes, situations don't define you are. That doesn't make you who you are. But I want Tiz to share a little of his testimony with you and how he's overcome going through a divorce as a first responder. Tiz, the floor is yours, baby. My divorce uh, happened been about eight years ago. And I uh, married this young lady, love of my life at the time. Um, and as soon as I started the fire department, no children, just two of us, as soon as I started the fire department, um, the stress of the job itself, it took a toll on my marriage. And what's crazy is a lot of people don't realize is for firefighters, what I found, and that's saying it's 100% accurate, but generally for firefighters and police officers, you almost have to marry someone that's in that field of, of generosity, of giving, a nurse, a doc, somewhere in that type of field of what you do, the first responders do, for them to get it to understand. Um, so the, my process of my divorce was very, uh, it was challenging, it was hard, it was a struggle. Um, I, I didn't believe in divorce. You gotta remember I'm coming from being basically a preacher kid, number of preachers in my family, church all day long, we don't believe in divorce. And to actually for me to divorce my, and I divorced her. That's what's crazy, I divorced her. And the thing is, is that divorce has a way of tearing you down. You can think you're a Hulk Hogan or uh, Incredible Hook, I should say, or the uh, king of the universe, He-Man. But when you go through any divorce or emotional divorce, it will tear you down. It's like cutting a limb off yeah, of your man. arm. It's like losing a body part. It's like death. Yeah, it is. It really is. And a lot of people think, oh, it's nothing, man. No, it's, it's terminal, especially if you had children in the mix. Because now you're changing everybody's lifestyle, your lifestyle. And then you start as a man feeling as a failure. I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I started feeling as a failure. Um, I always I got into this situation thinking like I'll never be divorced. I love this woman. But then things started changing and turning. Life started happening. And I started realizing God wasn't really the center of my marriage like I thought it was. I was too busy depending on us to make things happen and not him. And then what started happening is as the divorce started going into uh, taking, started evolving, I started realizing I'd be start becoming this angry man. Uh, a lot of anger. I started looking at my life on the outside changing. My friendships, the way they were, weren't the same. It wasn't as the happy-go-lucky fun. It was a lot of more bitterness, always negativity, frustration. And the next thing I know is started you looking at once the divorce hits, you start looking at I'm alone. I'm by myself. Uh, everybody around me is happy. Their family's doing good, and I'm over here depressed. And I'm because the whole world just gets small, all of, real small, all of a sudden when you go through something. You think it's only you, and it's only about you, and it's not. It's bigger than you, and you have people around you that can help you if you allow them to. But I didn't. 
So I got into that depression. I got into the suicide mode. Uh, my situation was a little different where I gave up the house. So I was pretty much living out my car for a little while and trying to get your children living out your car or living on somebody else's couch and things or a family member is not really cool. You know, when your kids are used to seeing daddy be on top or daddy being everything, you know. So that was hard. And um, but life after going that process, there's different stages that you go through after a divorce, which we know. But as a firefighter, we always got to have it together. Or a police officer, you always got to show that you got you got everything together. You keep everything. Nothing bothers you. You you can conquer anything, no matter what comes your way. On the inside, you're being you're you're dying. You're being destroyed. It's eating you up. When you get home alone, it's tearing you up. That's why you have so many people turn to alcohol. Um, abuse or they go to drugs or it may be running through women or if it's a female running through men whatever it is you start having these issues in your life that you didn't realize it was an issue until somebody starts bringing it to your attention or something drastic happens now you're not performing well on the job all of a sudden you went from a good officer to a, a mean snappy officer to a, uh, a firefighter who's not um, being on top of his game, being lazy or not doing his medicals right, doesn't even want to do the job, always complaining about every little thing. It just starts eating away at you at a, at a slow pace where you don't even know it until one day you just wake up and you realize you're lost. And then um, once you're at that point of being lost, you don't know where to turn to. You don't know how to find yourself. And then that's when suicide and things of that nature, you know, kick in and you want to take your life. And you, it's like you don't even think about your children being without you or you think they're better off without you. And it's not the case, man. So you, your body starts being stressed out. You, start, stop, you, don't, you stop working out maybe like you used to work out if you worked out all the time or whatever it is, you start realizing your body is starting to break down. You're gaining weight. You're out of shape, yada, yada, yada. You're mentally just destroyed. And now you're at this place in your life where you just feel like I don't even exist and it doesn't, I don't care. And divorce is, is so serious on this job, man, on these jobs that we don't realize because we deal with so much negativity every day. And when you come home and your lifestyle is negative at home, it's worse. And I've always just tell uh, my wife at the time, I'm already a suspect when I walk outside these doors. I'm already a suspect. Don't allow me to have to come home and be a suspect in my own home. And that was something that, that destroyed me. It's like, you deal with so much death, negativity, uh, police officer, bad guys, and, and just all these decisions you have to make on the fly. And when you come home and you have to deal with this crap as, and you feel like you're being a suspect, it just it eats at you. And you're not being the man that you want to be. So, Well, let's pause that for a second, Tiz, because you said a lot of powerful things in there, man. I, I first of all, I want to uh, commend you and I appreciate you uh, for being transparent and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Man, because I can relate. and. It, D divorce is like death, man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, if you're listening right now and you went through it, I mean, y you might be there right now or you might went through a divorce. And, and if you don't take certain steps, I believe sometimes it lives with you for the rest of your yes, life. And, I, and for me, Tiz, I mean, I, it, was, it was a mistake I made at a young age. I ended up, you know, in a 600-square-foot apartment, yeah. no furniture, face yeah. down, contemplating yeah. if I was going to go on with life. Right. And I want you to talk to, before we get into how to deal and cope with the divorce, let's talk to the person out there that might say, man, guys, I, I hear you, man, but I'm not really dealing with this. I don't know if it could ever happen to me. Or, or the first responder that's, you know, kind of playing around on the side. Yeah. And they're, they're not going through divorce yet. Yeah. But I want to talk about how to prevent the divorce from happening. What mistakes did you learn? What could we have done different, you, me, the people out there to say, hey, I don't want 
you don't have to go through a divorce. I don't want you to look at it as being normal. I don't want you to accept it as norm. I don't want you to feel the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, the suicidal thoughts that I feel because of that. I want your marriage to last. I don't want you to be a victim. I want you to be around for your kids. What could we say to that dad, that mom that's listening right now as a first responder and say, hey, let's put the fire out now so it doesn't happen. What's some tangible action steps that they could take Man, I know you're the love doctor right now, Tiz. Yeah, yeah. So spit some knowledge, man. For the first responder, it's not there yet. Let's prevent it. Let's prevent the fire. So we have to show up on the scene. My viewpoint on that, the first thing you could probably do is um, acknowledge it. You first need to acknowledge that you have an issue. And a lot of times, like you said, we're too cool. We don't acknowledge. You think it's okay to be dipping out and cheating on your wife or, or your husband and doing all this extra curriculum, and it's not. My thing is, once you put the center of attention back into your marriage, back into Christ, date your wife, date your husband again, date each other again. Um, Wait, hold on right there. Hold on right there. Hold on right there. Mm -hmm. So that's powerful mm -hmm. because that's something that me and my wife started doing from the, the, the moment we took pre-marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. We said one of the things we're going to do is we're going to make a weekly date night. Yes. And it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't have to be super sexy and romantic. It doesn't no, have to be this whole uh, you know, crazy, extravagant no. evening and expensive. But it's quality time spent together. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times, Tiz, we get caught up in the busyness of life that I see couples and we make quality time. And me and my wife joke because we'll go out to eat, right? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, hey, for the next 10 minutes, I just want to look around. And just people watching. We'll just yeah, watch. And just I'm like, how many people, couples, yeah. sit at dinner and the dude is on his phone and the chick's on her phone and they even conversate for 10 minutes. Cell phones. Is and I'm like, what is going on right now? And sometimes, man, I'm pretty bold. You know me. Yeah. My wife, she's a little embarrassed, but I'll just get up. Yeah. And I'll just go over and I'll be like, man, what's up? When's the last time you guys talked? Man, I'm challenging you. Put your phone down. Yeah. Invest some time in her. And they look at me like I'm crazy. But... Let's talk about that. Yeah. A simple date night. I want to challenge the first responder right now listening to Tiz. No, if hey. they haven't gone on a date night, start <laughs> this week. Call your wife right now. Text her right now. Text your spouse and say, we're going on a date. It doesn't matter what it is. Take a walk to the park. Hey, go just, get some ice cream. Just call. Just send her a text message and say, baby, you fine. You fine. I love you and I miss you. I'm just thinking about you and your legs or whatever. Whatever <laughs> it is that turns you on, to you, you get back to that. So it is. If they need some like uh, pick up lines for their holler spouse, if they need some, can call we hire the FFR hey, line and get involved? Call me at 1-800-FFR-date-night. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a 1-900 number. We get carried away here. <laughs> but yeah. And that's the thing is you have to feed back into your, your spouse, you have to go back. Cause see what's happening is what you don't get at home, you'll get somewhere else. We used to always say, don't send me out here with a loaded shotgun. Ooh. You know, so my thing, make sure I'm always unloaded before I walk out these doors, baby. You know what I mean? It's powerful. And, and that's real talk. And the thing is, is all these emotional connections that they have outside these extra emotional affairs. And the thing is, you get that attention from that guy that says, oh, baby, you look good. Oh, you look nice now. You don't get it from your husband or vice versa. So start telling your wife without them thinking, without them making you say it, how beautiful you are and you just look good. I don't care about none of that junk. How fine you are when they walk out here every day. They need to hear that. It's as simple as just sending a text message, a phone call, just thinking about you. Because I noticed something with you and your wife that I don't think I've ever said to you. I love how at no matter what's going on, when we got all these people around working out doing this, you'll look at her and you'll just grab her and put your hand on her butt or whatever around her waist and be like, looking at her like, baby, you are everything to me. And that right there, just for that five seconds that you do that, it changes everything. And that's the intimacy you want in your relationship. And it's lost because we want to get distracted with all this work and everything. And then we find somebody else at work giving us that attention or on the street versus the kids at home, too much going on. Hey, man, 
Kids are going to come and go. They're going to grow up and leave, and you still have to live with that person in that house. So find a babysitter. Do something. Reach out to another officer that has a, a family and say, hey, we'll keep the kids on this night, or a police officer, you know, a fireman. We'll keep the kids on this night. You keep the kids on that night. Have those date nights for real and left somebody to watch your children and do it for them as well. I'm telling you, it changes everything. It's powerful, Tiz. Man, I once heard it said, you know, when I was starting in the entrepreneurship world and, and starting a business, yeah. you know, someone once told me it's not what you do nine to five that makes the dreams come to life. It's what you do, uh, that, that's what you do to survive. That's right. what you do to make it happen. It's what you do with those other 128 hours right. you know, of the day, what you do after the five o'clock in right. the evening. And I think so many times as first responders, I've talked about first responders and they say, man, I get home and I'm just burnt out. Yeah, you burn. I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I just, I don't have any energy, I don't know what to do anymore. So let's dive into that real quick, Tiz. What did you do, because here's the deal, you, you went through a divorce, yeah, man. okay, a little while ago, yeah. and, and I know it was weighing on you, and you, you were dealing with some stuff physically, mentally, emotionally. Two and, engagements. and Two engagements, and then yeah. we interacted. I met you. You started FFR, uh, the first class, right, and then you came back for this class. But what did you do this time to be intentional, to say, you know what, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I'm going to get, I'm not just going to survive, but I'm going to get through on the other side to be a better man a better first responder, a better dad, and I've watched you do it, and I want you to give them right now for the guy that's gone through a divorce that might be dealing with the guilt, the shame, the condemnation. Man, how do I, I was there, man. And my, man, I felt like a loser, I felt like a failure, I felt like, how am I ever gonna overcome this? What can you talk to that guy? What did you do? Because I watched you over the last 25 yeah. weeks, and it was absolutely magical. I was intentional. Intentional. I've, I've always said that um, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, then you must be insane. That's insanity. So my thing was, I'm not doing that no more. I had, to, I said, I can't keep saying I want something different out of life, but yet still I'm doing the same thing. I can't keep telling myself uh, or having this little pity party and nobody cares because at the end of the day, take your life if you want to, guess what? And it's unfortunate to people we lost in the other nation, but life is going to go on. Yeah. And I always say that the sun's gonna come up tomorrow with or without you. And if that's the case, if it doesn't come up, we already know what's going on. So the thing is this, for me, I decided that I wanted to, to change my life. I needed to get back in shape. I needed to change my mindset. So I knew if I got back in shape physically, it would affect me mentally and spiritually. Spiritually, I was always trying to grow. And it was, it was there, but it wasn't until I added the physical aspect to take care of God's temple. It truly changed my mind. Where now, I don't feel like a loser. I feel like I made a mistake. But I'm not a loser. I feel like um, that... Part, that part of my life, that chapter in my life was over, but it was needed so that I'm able to be a blessing and can reach somebody today. I didn't think my children would be normal. I didn't think my children would understand. My kids are happier now and love daddy even more now than ever before. And our relationship is incredible. Even my relationship with my ex-wife is incredible because I realized as I go, they go. So even us now, and we're not together, but we have a great relationship and co-parenting because as I went, she went. She had to change because I wasn't feeding into the negativity no more. And it was for me to get up every day and walk into FFR and see that there was always someone else with a similar problem or worse off than me that made me say, well, if they're in here doing it and if they're in here getting it, why can't I not do it? And why can't I not change? And why do I have to settle for just being... Um, uh, negative or down and defeated. I was like, it's time out for that. We're gonna change everything. And, and I gave it all to God. And if you have to cry, cry. If you have to find someone that you need to just 
shed all your tears to and cry on their shoulder, do it. That doesn't make you less of a man. It takes a real man to be able to actually um, cry and things of that nature. And it takes a real man to acknowledge his issues and his failures and uh, change everything. So that's the whole point to this message is you have to step up and be a man and be a better man. If you want to be a better man, you have to start by doing something different today than what you were doing the other day to get the results you have that you don't like. Come on, baby. Hey, that's a powerful word, man. This is Coach JC, and you're listening to the Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend. You're listening to Rodney Tisdale. We call him Tiz all day. All day. But hey, that's spitting some wisdom right there, man, and, 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 and I want to I hang on that for just a moment because one of the things we do at FFR, and, and Rodney's been blessed and privileged to be here at the headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yes. Some of you might be listening, you might not be in Tulsa, but you're logging on online every single day at FFRonline.com. TV. Man, I think one of the things that he did that was magical is he put himself in an environment yeah. to thrive. Man, I heard it said at a young yeah. age, man, you're going to become the people you hang yeah. around with. Yeah, man. Man, and that stuck with me, man. There came a time where I'm like, man, I, I don't want to have the poverty mentality anymore financially. I'm going to hang around richer people. Yeah, yeah. Man, I want to be physically fit. Yeah. I'm going to around. I want to be a great basketball yeah. player. I remember when my dad dropped me off at the park and I was in like seventh or eighth grade and he's like, I'm looking and there's all these older, yeah. bigger kids. Yeah. And obviously, the black kids are usually yeah. better. And I'm looking, it's all the black kids, man. Yeah. It's all the kids I look up to in ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. And my dad says, get out the car. You're going to hoop with them today. That's it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And that first game, man, I was scared. Fear yeah. was kicking in, right? Yeah. And I remember I got knocked around, and I got in the car that day, and I was shaking. My dad's like, you did all right. You did all right. And I got my butt handed to me. <laughs> but the next day was yeah. a little better. The next day was a little better. The next day was a little better. And all of a sudden, man, I elevated my game yes. because I played with people at a yes. higher level. Yes. And so many times, Tiz, we're scared to walk in an environment where we know the standard is high. If it's yeah. church, if it's FFR, no matter what it may be, yeah. because we don't want to have to address our issues, our problems. Yeah. We don't want to have to face, man, I, I don't, you think I want to get vulnerable? No. You think I want to have to get transparent? You Coach JC is going to look me in the eyes and to, ask man. me how I'm doing today. And I'm going to lie and he's going to call me on it. Yeah, and to. at FFR, man, Tiz, I know we, we kind of, we give you the daily dose every yeah. single day. Just five minutes of motivations with the themes of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And our goal is, just like you train your body, you train your mind. Yeah. And I started to see in you as you start, you were training your body. You were showing up for the workouts. That's the first thing you did, yeah. show, show up. up. You show put up. yourself in the right environment. Yeah, you show up. Right? But I started to see your mindset shift. Yeah. And I started to see you just think differently. And I started to see you speak differently. And I started to see this continence of mm -hmm. on you just change. Mm -hmm. What was that, man? What happened at that moment where you just... And here's what I'm going to preface it with. You cannot love anybody else until you love yourself. Yeah, we say at FFR, when you walk in, be your best. Be your best. Not good, not average, not mediocre. Be your best. And I know when you walked in, you didn't feel like that in no. the moment. Nah. But there came a time where you started to just get these doses every single day of positivity, yeah. mental conditioning, workouts. You started to feel yeah. better, and you started to condition your mind. What clicked physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, where you said, hold up, wait a minute, Superman's yeah. back, yeah. baby, yeah. and I'm coming. Yeah. And watch out. Get out of my yeah. way. What was it? Birds of the feather flock together. And that's, you know, and that's basically what you just said. And I had to, when I started coming in, you know me, I hid behind my smile and my laughter and jokes. And that's how I was my coping mechanism, so people couldn't see my pain. But um, we all do that, man. Yeah, 
We all put yeah. a front on every yeah, day man. if you're listening. I mean, yeah. I do it, you yeah. do it, we all do it. You fake it till you make it. We all got situations yeah. and issues going on. Yeah, that's what I was taught. You fake it till you make it. But then it was like, yo, this I can't fake it till I make it no more. I need to actually be real so I can make it. And coming in there, hearing the stories, hearing the uh, positive words that was being spoken in the mornings and the prayers, it started sticking with me. You know, and then it just started reinforcing what my mother and my grandmother and all those, my fathers and uncles have spoken in my life. And then when you start hearing it from other people and you start to see like, I am a great person. I am great. Come on. I am, you know, I am powerful. You know, I, I can't do all things, you know. Come on. I started saying this up on a regular basis where I started believing. And then when you started working out and you start seeing the transition of your, I couldn't even see the transition of my body at the time. I only felt, I just know I felt better. I didn't even know what was going on. I just know it was like, dang, I felt better. Uh, man, all of a sudden mentally I'm feeling stronger. Oh, gum! I can breathe better. I can sleep better. Now all of a sudden, man, everybody's getting camaraderies coming in. It's fun to be here, the atmosphere. I didn't want to miss it because when I left there, it was like, yo, this was infectious. I wanted to give it to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you go somewhere else and you felt that negativity, I was like, ah, no, either you're going to change this environment or Come I'm on. leaving. So I said, okay, I got to go get recharged. Come on. So every day I wanted to be back at FFR so I can get recharged. I'm like, okay, I'm recharged. I can go back and fight again. Yeah. And that was the thing. It was like equipping me with the tools I needed to go and fight. And it started changing my mindset, my outlook. So I could be like, hey, I am more than a conqueror. Come on. I'm not a failure. I'm a great dad. You say, who are you? What's your why? What is your why? Why are you doing what you do? And it's like, man, I know who I am all of a sudden. Even when I still didn't understand my purpose, I started knowing who I was as a man and realizing I am a man and I am a great person. By just saying that alone, all of a sudden my chest starts sticking out. I start walking better. I start feeling better. And that was the difference with FFR. And then physically, it just completely transformed me. Talk about that really quick. Give us the tangible numbers over the 25 weeks physically, man. You made an amazing transformation. These cats listening right now, you could see it at FFRonline.tv. You could watch his before and after testimonial video. You could see his before and after picture. Yeah, Yeah, big, bald, and sexy, baby. Come on, all day. But give Uh, us the numbers. I I was at 200 and what, 30? Well, initially when I first came in, when I started uh, going, I was 254. And then when we, I actually got my way in, it was, I think I had already dropped almost 20. And I was at two, or t- 15, so I was at 240-something. Uh, but I think our, our scale was off where it showed 230, whatever it was. So I ended up losing a total of, I think, 9 to 10 pounds. And then I lost 5 inches off my waist. Um, I gained inches on my uh, chest and arms. And then I also, um, body fat went down to 12? Yeah. Something like that. I can't remember what yeah. the body fat was. But... What got me was when we were doing our testing and I came out the cryogenic machine. The, when I came out that cryogenic machine and, uh, and Aaron Harris, uh, Aaron's daughter, she took a picture of me coming out the machine. That's the first time I saw I had abs. Come on, baby. I ain't had abs since college. I used to wow. be in college. We used to have ab contests. Come on. And I always would win. Really? I'll be first or second. It was between this other guy. We always had this battle in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell that and guy to come at you now. I'm Let him see your abs, baby. I'm looking All for day. you, Damien. Where, Where are you at, Damien? I'm looking for you. <laughs> so I come out, and I'm sitting there. When she sold me the picture, I'm like, who is that? Because I don't know why, even in my own mirror, I could even, I never recognized it. And then to see that you had, I was like, yo, this is real. This program works. I'm like, I couldn't believe it, man. It just tripped me out. It's like all of a sudden I felt like a whole new man. And, it, and after seeing that, I thought you thought, my, you thought I had changed already. 
after I saw that, man, my confidence and just my mindset in like in life and how I can conquer anything just changed, man. It went from me teaching all the kids I'm coaching now. I'm t taking what you're giving me and I'm applying it to them. And now they're starting to buy into it and believe in who they are. So I'm telling you, if you're at FFR or you're looking to become an FFR or first responder, this is a program for you. If you want to be a better person, a better man, a better woman, a better individual in this society and on your job and in your life and in your family, this is where it's at. Yeah. Hands down, period. Come on. Well, right. you've killed it, man. You made an amazing transformation. And I think you said amazing things on this podcast about being intentional. Um, you know, the, the, the you talked about kind of the, the winning confessions and how mm -hmm. we talk about, you yeah. know, you're here on purpose. You have a purpose. You know, you're worth it. Mm -hmm. I can do all things. You know, all that stuff that we constantly recite that a lot of times first responders, like we did in the beginning of this podcast, yeah. first responders said, what are you doing, man? That's weird. That's crazy. And I watch them stand there yeah, and is. they don't want to say it. It is by week 10. It is like pump they're like fist pumping jersey style but i believe man i've seen it so often that if you if you don't feel good change your physiological state yes yes sometimes people say well i don't feel good because this has happened that time i said did you jump out of bed this morning and tell yourself it's going to be the best day did you look in the mirror and tell yourself that you can do all things and we have the podcast the motivational minute yeah, that's why we yeah. create it where for 60 seconds i'm just dishing out doses of motivation yeah. you can listen to it yeah. it's winning confessions that you can repeat you know, I honestly believe that you confess those things in your life, good or bad. Yeah. If you tell yourself every day, Tiz, man, my wife sucks. I'm going to go through yeah. a divorce. She doesn't love me. That's you're what you're going to believe. You're going to believe it. That's because you, you that's how you train your subconscious yeah. mind. That's what I did. I so, did that. so, so, and it works mm -hmm. for the good as well. Yeah. So I want to give two books right now I think it help. If you're listening right now, man, you might say, Coach J.C. Tiz, man, I need some books on relationship, man. The Five Love Languages oh, is man. an amazing book. Yes. Man, it changed my life, man. A yeah. lot of times we're talking the wrong language. Get that book. And then there's this other book, man. This is just a you know, weird little plug. It's called Fit First Responders. If you need to be your best, that's a book I wrote, man. It's a 25-day game plan. But it'll challenge you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually to be your best. It'll ask you the tough questions, man. And you might be listening right Right now and you might have said man tiz i can relate to you man i, I you, i'm going through a divorce i went through a divorce and because of that it's weight on me and right now i'm getting punched in the face in life well i want to tell you just like tiz sitting across from me right now man he's winning and you can win he's fit for duty and you can be fit for duty yeah your identity is not in your past mistakes, your past failures. That doesn't define you. And so many times we allow it happen to us, that past divorce, that circumstance, that situation to define who we are. I'm going to say it again. Past failures and mistakes do not make you. They do not define you. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. You can start new today. And here's a, here's a quick little quote that I always like to tell people. It's not who you think you are that holds you back, but a lot of times it's, it's who you think you're not. Yeah. So right now, who do you think you are? Who do you think you're not? I'm going to start by telling you as we conclude this podcast who you're not. You're not average. You're not mediocre. You're not a loser. You might be dealing with addiction right now. You're not an addict. All right? You no longer walk in fear. You no longer walk in guilt. You no longer are controlled by shame. You're not a victim, baby. No. How you feel at the moment doesn't define you. And I want to tell you real quick as we conclude this podcast who you 
are, man. We said in the beginning that you were bought with a price, that you are here on purpose and you have a purpose, man. You're a winner. You're a champion. And now is your time to rise up. Now more than ever, your family needs you. The city needs you. This nation needs yeah. you. Man, you playing small does nothing for the people you love. Rise up. Yeah. And FFRonline.tv is here for you. We got your back. You can call us any time of the day. And we'll have somebody standing by to love on you, to coach you, to consult you, and to help you win. Tisdale, yeah, baby. my main man. You got people listening right now. They want to walk away. Man, they want to be great. They want to do great. They want to be fit for duty, fit for life. I want to hear your closing comments, man, as we close this podcast. Closing comments of FFR, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast with Rodney Tisdale. Talk to us, brother. It's hard being big when little's got you. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> it's hard being big when little's got you. Change your mindset. Stop thinking little. Think big. And the thing is, in this life right now, life is too short. But at the same time, while we're here on this earth, it's all about that dash in between your born and your, your death and your resting place. So I'm asking you to make that dash count. Change it for you. Change it for the people around you. And like he said, the five, five Love Languages is a great book. They also have it for kids and teenagers. So if you have children, read it so you can relate to your children. Get back to the person who you are. Get back to the person who you need to be. Be that person that you know that God has called you to be and stand up and be proud of it. And don't ever feel ashamed of your mistakes because your mistakes and your failures in the past is your stepping stone to your greatness. All day, baby. Come on. You heard it right there. That's the man. That's the myth. That's the legend. He's a preacher, too. Don't let him fool you. I don't know if he's still got game on a basketball court, but I heard he could preach out there. That's Rodney Tisdale, man, our special guest, our VIP guest. Thank you for joining us in studio today, Mr. Rodney Tisdale, Tulsa Fire Department. All day. Man, don't forget, this is Coach JC, and you're listening to Fit for Duty, Fit for Life podcast. Man, we conclude every podcast doing what we do, and it's that time to honor those that deserve to be honored. So if you're listening right now and you are the bravest on the streets, our firefighters, we say thank you. Thank we you. honor you and recognize you right now. Our police officers are our finest out there. We recognize you. We honor you right now. Our National Guard, our medics, our military, thank you, thank you for being the finest, the bravest, the baddest, the toughest. Yeah. Yes, you are honored. You are recognized. Don't forget, get over to FFRonline.tv and get hooked up so you have the four pillars focus fitness food and family so just like my man ronnie tisdale you can win in life and ultimately be fit for duty and fit for life until next time this is coach jc who loves you i do and let me remind you one last time you are fit for duty you are fit Fit for life life. thank you for joining us today and thank you for doing your part to be fit for duty and fit for life